Welcome back to the RA podcast. I am your host, Shootsy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Bendy. What's up, man? How you been? Hey, Shoot. I've been good. I know it's uh, been a little while, but we've had a lot of excitement on RA lately, so I'm glad that we finally get the opportunity to sit down in the old studio and crank out another one of these, right? Yeah. Got a lot to catch up on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It has been a long time. Uh, thank you to our our loyal listeners for being patient with us. Um, there's just been a lot going on. I moved to start a new job, and uh, it's just been kind of crazy and hectic with scheduling for everyone on the team as well. So thank you guys for being patient and uh, excited to be back with you guys today. There's been a lot going on on retro achievements here in the last couple months so we've got certainly quite a bit to talk about and uh we'll dive into things here in just a bit but uh just to kind of give you guys an idea there's been new systems there's been um system masters so people that have uh, mastered the most titles on a system those lists are out now there's been lots of events lots of projects so we've definitely got a lot to talk about but uh bendy what have you mainly been up to man what's been going on dude honestly i feel like i keep shifting goals on ra i keep jumping from thing to thing i'll have like a week or two weeks where i'm focused on one thing and after that i'm focused on something else but uh lately my big new focus is this top masteries thing so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, RA News is the monthly uh, retro achievements publication, kind of in the style of Nintendo Power or one of those old classic gaming magazines. And in the most recent issue, Sting X2 introduced a new type of article that will be a continuing thing going forward, which is uh, called, I guess he's calling it Top Masteries. Uh, and basically what it is, is for each system that's supported on RA that has at least 25 uh games or 25 sets with a couple exceptions he's making he's he'll, he posts a list in ra news of the top 25 mastery earners for each system so for example uh, on playstation it'll show the person with the number one most playstation masteries the number two number three and so on i was shocked to discover in this most recent issue that just came out uh apparently i'm second place in game boy color masteries I don't really know how that happens. I I didn't expect this. It it totally caught me off guard. But like now that I realize I'm that close, I would only need three more sets to be tied for number one. So now I'm like, well, now I have to do it. Now I have to become the Game Boy Color champion. So that's kind of my focus right now. I'm playing all these garbage Game Boy Color games just because I got to do it. This is my goal. I'm invested. I want this, man. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool that System Masteries have come out. Um, it's really interesting. You can see all the lists if you go to the um, the RA News uh, page. It's on the latest issue. So you can see where you rank if you're up there or, uh, you know, you can see kind of who's at the top for each one. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting for you. I'm sure that you're you're right there almost at number one for that because that is kind of a cool title to have. And um yeah, I mean, as far as the system masteries are concerned, I think it, it, it could also have kind of a, <clears throat> I mentioned this a little bit before when we were talking, uh, before we started recording, but just kind of have a little bit of an interesting precedent, a um, little bit of a culture shift too, because a lot of people on the site, you know, we've, we've discussed this in the past, they play for points or they play for, um, 
they play for fun or they play for a mix of both. Some people play for retro ratio and so on and so forth. So it's just kind of interesting to see what this might, uh, what kind of culture shift this might end up causing with people just, you know, exclusively focusing on a system and trying to become the champion of that. And uh, for me, I, uh, you know, for Game Boy, uh, ended up being number one, which is kind of exciting. Um, I am still continuing to try and play Game Boy games as much as I can so that I don't get that uh, that System Master Champion title uh, swooped out from under me. But uh, yeah, there's some competition on that one as well. So, but yeah, I've been kind of... Um, just kind of focusing on trying to have fun these days and uh, I haven't been able to play as much as I want. You know, I mentioned to you a little bit that just uh, work is keeping me busy. I'm no longer work from home. So I've been trying to just play as much as I can. Um, one of the things that some of my friends know that I'm working on is I'm trying to master every King of Fighters game for arcade and done three of them. So I've done 94, 95 and 96. 97 is definitely given me quite a bit of pushback so just kind of working through that and then you know game boy titles that are um coming out there have been a lot of game boy titles that have been coming out because there's um just a lot of there were a lot of uh revisions that came out in um the last few months uh you know improving the quality of a lot of these sets that were real basic and just had you know beat beat level one two three four and so on and so forth so there's just been a plethora of uh different game boy sets that have gotten some really fantastic revisions and a lot of devs that have put um just a ton of hard work into these revisions of these sets so there's been lots and lots of uh game boy revisions coming out and i've had a pretty good opportunity to go back and play through a lot of these titles that i mastered back when they had a more basic set set up for them but uh you know, one of the things that we we always talk about, it feels like on every episode, but um, it you know it's definitely worth mentioning is just that a lot of these more obscure systems are getting a lot of um, a lot of sets for them. Set you know systems that only have you know a couple sets are getting more and more sets. I know thirty two X has gotten a few more sets, and that catalog's gotten expanded. Um, I know 3DO has gotten a couple more sets as well. And then I know Neo Geo Pocket is also getting a lot of love. So it's pretty crazy to see uh, what's going on with that. And I think part of that too is because of DevQuest, which is a badge that devs can earn for completing um, a certain number of sets and things like that. I don't know the specifics of that, so I don't want to pretend as though I do. But I know that that probably partially has to do with why some of these more obscure system categories are getting expanded upon which is great um it's really cool to see that you know there's these incentives on the site like that and system mastery that are kind of breaking up the they're breaking up the game a bit um and how people choose to use the site but it's not um it's not a negative you know what i mean it's all positive as far as people trying things they haven't tried before people branching out into new systems and people kind of you know creating these different paths that they're going down that they would have never wanted to do in the past like you said you're uh you know you're going down this game boy color path that you would not have nor normally taken just because of uh you know 
wanting to snag that snag that mastery title right that champion title so it's pretty cool to see see all these things that have happened in the last few months and to um kind of get to try them out yeah i mean i think the thing we need to keep in mind is we're just a bunch of dorks who love earning achievements right we're the types of people who get motivated by this little virtual number popping up this little text saying hey you did a thing in a video game and basically what i mean when i say that is it doesn't take much to get us really excited over something so that's why i think it's really cool that uh things like uh the top mastery lists and things like dev quest are uh giving us that little extra motivation that little extra push because i don't know about you but for me that's really all i need that little bit extra gives me so much mo more motivation to go for my goals uh, something we've talked a lot a lot about on the show is I, you know, I love badge hunting. I love finding all the absolute lowest hanging fruit and just accumulating as much badges as I can. I've kind of slowed down a bit in that. I used to be getting one every day, at least for Peak Streak, and then I kind of slowed down after a while. But like now, with all of these different goals, the Game Boy Color thing in particular, the top masteries, uh, some of the events I've been participating in, it's been getting me to really master more games and especially some games that I really wouldn't play normally. Uh, before we r run too much into that, though, I want to dial back a little bit. You, you were talking about this King of Fighters goal that you're working on. I want to yep. know more about that because King of Fighters is a series I honestly don't know that much about. Like, I, I know it's a fighting game and I know it's, you know, it's pretty popular. I think they did yearly releases or something at some point, but I don't really know that much about it. So what was it that uh, inspired you to take on this goal in particular? And how's that been going for you? How, how much progress are you making there? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So uh, King of Fighters, you know, it's the obviously fighting game. Uh, I've been big fan of fighting games for most of my life and grew up with a lot of them. And didn't actually grow up with King of Fighters at all. You know, um, it's not as popular in the United States, I don't think, as internationally in other countries. But um, as far as King of Fighters is concerned, a lot of the achievement sets were made by different people. So, um, so that's kind of interesting to see different people's takes on the different years of King of Fighters. And one of the things about <clears throat> each of the sets is that they definitely have some um a lot of achievements in them but some that are really uh just more challenge there's a lot of i'm trying to think of a good way to put this i guess a little bit tongue-tied but there's like a good mix of like um medium difficulty real difficult stuff and then stuff that's like really straightforward and each set has you know 70 plus i want to say 70 plus achievements i know the king of fighters 97 that i'm working on now is like 112 Let's see, 96 had 96. Yeah, 96 had 96. Uh, King of Fighters 95 had 58. So they have quite, a, I mean, they have quite a few. Yeah, and then 54 or 94. So they had quite a few uh, achievements in them. But like a lot of fighting games in general, the uh, breakdown of achievements is usually complete the game with each character. You know, there's um, casts all the special moves with this character. Uh, and then, you know, that's across the board with all characters. There's a survival mode, time attack. 
Um, and then, of course, the infamous uh, death of mastery for many of us, the one CC completions. <laughs> so um, the or the one credit completion. So that was kind of one of the biggest issues for me with uh, 94. And just being able to do that. Um, the desperation moves or wh what they would what you would call the special moves they're called desperation moves in king of fighters the reason they're called uh desperation moves is because you can cast them when your health is flashing when it's low or you can cast them when you've powered up by holding all three of the um well three out of four because there's a b c and d for arcade for the uh the buttons. So if you hold down three of the four buttons, you have this meter that you power up. And then when it's at full, you can cast a desperation move, or you can cast as many desperation moves as you would like when your health is flashing. The key is that your health is flashing. So you have to be careful because the um, combinations for those moves are somewhat difficult for some of the fighters. It really just depends. Um, I'm pretty terrible at doing, like, I don't have a fight stick. So I'm on my 8-bit dough. So trying to do double half circle back when the opponent is close can be kind of a pain in the butt. Or half circle two half circle forwards when the opponent is close because double half circle forward is not that bad of a motion to do. But when the opponent has to be close and they're like constantly attacking you, it can be a little bit of a, a pain in the butt. Um, but there have been some interesting struggles just with King of Fighters. I know for like 96, that one was, of the three I've played so far, that one was the most difficult just because of survival mode. Um, I don't think 94 and 95 had survival mode. Survival mode is a mode that's in a lot of fighting games where it's just like you have to play through uh, to the end of the story mode, but the difference is... is that your health carries over from the previous fight and so uh i think i want to say yeah i want to say it was oh like there's eight different difficulties on king of fighters and you had to do difficulty eight survival mode full completion and there's no continues in survival mode that's the idea as well yeah that was a 50 point achievement okay so that one was pretty difficult just to get through and the last boss on king of fighters 96 compared to 94 and 95 is uh he's <laughs> he's a bit of a pain in the butt to say the least he's just really really annoying like um he just does a lot of zoning and just have to be really careful about how you handle that but the thing that's giving me a lot of difficulty in 97 is just um one, I have less time, so I'm not able to kind of focus as much on it. But two, just some of these combination achievements are um, a little more tricky because you have to do a few hits lining up into a desperation move rather than just a desperation move. There's also a super desperation move, too, where I, there's the power mechanic that I talked about, the power up. And if your health's flashing, then you do what's called a super desperation move, which is... Uh, like the highest form of that special where you do the most hits and for a lot of the characters even that's not enough hits on a combo to unlock the achievements you have to kind of be a little bit creative about how to do some of those um but i'm just plugging away through it and then like i said just kind of doing game boy sets as well i could go on and on but um the goal is to just you know finish 
uh, I think we're up through, let's see, I think we have up through 2002 on King of Fighters. Yeah, there's 94 through 2002. So I've done 94, 95, 96. Like I said, I'm working on 97. Once I, or if I finish 97, I think I'm probably just going to take a break and just try and get caught up with all these other amazing sets that um, have been coming out because I feel like just there's so much stuff coming out that I see in core set log every day that I just really haven't been able to fully enjoy or even get to take a look at mainly just because I've been kind of focused on you know one or two things and that's pretty much it Um, and with project Game Boy and full swing still as well with Game Boy revisions coming out it's been uh it's been tough to you know to stay focused on one direction but uh what about you man i know you're you've got the like you said you've got the game boy color challenge going on you've been doing a lot of events so t- tell me a little bit more about kind of where you've been at for the last two months because i'm sure people want to know yeah so i feel like i have all of these different goals that are kind of feeding into one another if that makes sense like there's a certain amount of overlap between my different goals so the Game Boy Color thing, that's recent. I just started that very recently. I haven't really gone super hard on the grind, but, you know, I've looked over, I've done a little bit of planning. I've looked over the list of games, and there are definitely a lot that I could probably master without too much trouble. I, I think I could be the champion by next month without too much issue, unless the person above me just goes hard on Game Boy Color in this month, but probably not, probably not. Uh, outside of that, I've been doing a lot of site events, so things like uh, Challenge League. Challenge League has been the big one for me. So I'm not sure if we've really talked about Challenge League on the show. I think we might have talked about it a little bit during its first months when uh, Leapfrog was the big event going on. But we haven't really touched base on what's been going on with Challenge League since then. So basically what Challenge League is, is it's a big le- year-long event and on a approximately once-a-month basis, there are all these different little... I guess you could call them challenges and each challenge has a certain objective you need to meet and then you get credit for that month. If you get credit for all of the months, then you're good. You get the badge or whatever. What I really like about challenge league is uh, in addition to original challenges, like we just had a bingo challenge recently, which was pretty fun. We had to screenshot ourselves finishing objectives on our bingo board and all these different RA games. Uh, They also do a lot of crossovers with other events on the site so they've done crossovers with uh, Leapfrog, My Own Event, Peak Streak, and uh, The Unwanted. And just recently, I've been going really hard on Unwanted games. So The Unwanted is an event that I've never really gotten super into in the past. I think I've done like one or two Unwanted games here or there. But I've never really got super into it in the sense of, okay, I'm going to try to get bronze, silver, gold qualifications and stuff. Because if you're not familiar with The Unwanted... Uh, I guess to make a long story short, it's an event that serves to highlight the least played games on RA. And there are incentives for beating these games, there are incentives for mastering these games, then there's also developer incentives for making these games better, because you know some of these sets, and so few people have played them, they're kind of neglected. They might be in need of ticket fixes, they might be in need of a whole rework in some cases. So basically, whether you're a player or a dev or both, there's a lot of ways to contribute to the unwanted. If you want to do it solely as a player, it can be challenging, but it's definitely possible, which is what I just did in this past month. So 
I saw for chat for Challenge League, one of the crossovers was with the Unwanted. You had to get bronze, silver, and golds qualification, which an easier way of understanding what that means is basically you got to do a lot of unwanted stuff within one month. So I, when I saw that was in Challenge League, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to wait until an easy month comes along. Or if not an easy month, I just want to have a month where a lot of the games on the list appeal to me. And I was looking at the games this month and I was like, I think this might be my month. A lot of these seem doable. Some of them ended up being less doable than I expected. But uh, I did end up getting my bronze, silver, and gold qualification in time. And man, that was a lot of fun. But, you know, that's exactly what I meant on how my goals are bleeding into one another. So while I'm doing the unwanted, I'm also getting challenge lead credit. While I'm getting challenge lead credit, I'm also getting masteries. I might have mastered a Game Boy Color game or two in there. And then I also started up Peak Streak again because that's another challenge leak thing. So I figured I only need 10 days to knock that one out. I might as well start that up. Uh, I have that in progress at the moment. I'm still not sure if I'm just going to do the 10 days and dip or if I'm going to actually try to push it. I just, I don't know, man. I've got all these different goals I'm jumping in between, and I don't know if I want to sit here and try to push a really long streak right now. But basically, it's like, it's this meta game of RA, right? As much as I enjoy just playing whatever I want to play, I really enjoy having that bigger game within a game or a game outside of the game, I suppose, where I have these little extra reasons to play certain games, to master certain sets, to prioritize certain things. And honestly, I'm having a great time. I would say, maybe this is a little hyperbolic to say, but I feel like we're in the golden age of events right now. And I'm sure some of you listening have probably never gotten involved in side events. And, you know, that's okay. Maybe it doesn't float your boat or maybe you're just intimidated, don't know where to start. But, like, I feel like Challenge League is the perfect starting point because it's got all of these different mini events. And you could start with any of them at any time. You don't have to, like, when I say there's a new challenge each month, that's true, but they remain active for the entire year. So you could jump into whichever one tickles your fancy. And that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been doing them out of order, just whatever appeals to me at any moment. Uh, once I finish up Peak Streak, I think Leapfrog is the only one I'll have left. I've I attempted Leapfrog way back during the first month, and I ended up failing. And I told myself, well, I have the entire year to do it, so no rush. But I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll focus on that soon, and then while I'm doing Leapfrog do mostly Game Boy Color games. <laughs> like, it's kind of, it's gotten to the point where it's kind of a puzzle to see how can I fit together all these little goals of mine? How do I make them fit into each other nicely to have as much overlap as possible? But yeah, I, I, I'm having a great time right now, man. RA is in a really good zone. It's right up my alley, these events. It's great. Yeah, man, that's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that's awesome that, uh, you know, you're, you've, you're able to do something where you feel like you're just being really, um, almost like efficient the way you kind of talk about it, just like, you know, being able to overlap different, uh, goals that you have with the events and also be able to master things and be able to get points. And, you know, myself, <clears throat> it's been a while since I, uh, I did a uh, site event. I haven't done one since like achievement of the week, uh, I think years ago, just because I feel like with my schedule and things like that, it'd be really tough to just keep up with everything. I mean, I have a tough time, you know, keeping with up with everything as it is. Cause I can tell you that 
just looking at core set log recently, there's at least, you know, half a dozen sets minimum that I want to do. And I'm really on this kick of uh, wanting to start things that I finish, unfortunately, with King of Fighters, uh, that kind of... <laughs> is making playing other things a tough reality. So maybe I'll just give it a break for a bit. I'm pretty close to finishing it, but I mean, I just, there's just so much stuff. I feel like that's flying right past me in course set log that I really want to do. And typically uh, in the past, you know, the way that I used to do it is I used to play, I used to play three different games at a time. Like I would stream a little bit of one game and then the other two, I would just play offline. And I, uh, Thankfully, I have had an opportunity. I didn't stream for a long time, but I kind of started doing that a little bit every week, just when I, whenever I feel like it, you know, not on a set schedule or anything like that, because I really miss it. And um, I think everything that I've streamed has just been <laughs> has been new Game Boy titles that have come out. There's been like Tailgater. Um, there's been Tailspin. There's been like a Fist of the North Star revision, which was fun. I think I did that one offline, but... Um, the oh uh the James Bond curse was broken since the last time that we uh did a uh a podcast so that's yeah, kind of cool I wanted to talk to you about that because when I saw when I saw that set go up the first thing I thought of was oh that's that game shoot was talking about yep, I remember yep. the first time you brought this up on the podcast I want to say you said. It's like J it's like Zelda, but it's James Bond on the Game Boy or something like that. Yep. And I was just immediately intrigued. I wanted to know more. So yeah, how is that? I'm guessing you've played it and mastered it by now, right? How how does the set hold up? Yeah, so I uh I did finish it um when it first came out in like the first day or two. Or it took me like a couple of days because I just yeah, doing that set all in one day. You could probably finish it all in one day. It's a pretty quick quick set if you know what you're doing but um shout outs to snowpin on uh, another amazing set that guy puts out a lot of uh a lot of great great game boy sets and that's uh no no exception um yeah it's like zelda but with uh james bond um you know you have like an a button and a b button that you can equip items to and use them and there's kind of like some RPG elements to it. Like you need to talk to um, different people at certain points to progress the story or need to use certain gadgets in certain areas to progress the story. And um, overall, the set holds up pretty well. You know, there's like a damage list for every boss. Um, I think, I, I well, maybe not every boss. I think every boss would be tough because it's been a little while, but... A um, little bit of a backstory on <clears throat> that title is, uh, you know, that one goes back to my childhood. I think I, I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you probably remember me talking about um, that, that title being the one where, you know, we played it at a friend's house and then we came home and then we're eating dinner. You know, this was back when I was real, real young. We're eating dinner. You know, you sit down at the table and you eat dinner with your family. And that was back when home phones were a thing like landlines, you know, pretty much nobody has those anymore. But, um, the kid, the kid that we were at the house, his house, our friend, he calls up and my dad got mad because <laughs> he's like, 
because he called up and he's like, hey, what do I do next here or whatever? Because I think I had figured it out, but on a different file because the, the title has three different uh, three different save slots. And then he called back like five minutes later as right after we had continued, you know, eating dinner and things like that. So um, that one has kind of a, you know, a backstory to my childhood. And so that was for a long time, the number one most requested Game Boy set. Uh, it's just, I think, you know, it, we, we kind of joked of, of it being the curse set because multiple people had picked it up and wanted to dev it and had worked on it. But then, um, you know, things came up, they had obligations, they had real life issues come up. And so the, the title had been dropped two or three times already. So when that uh, title came out, I was really, really excited about it. And uh, that's definitely one that you should go check out if you love Game Boy games and you love like, even if you just like hidden gems, that game is uh, definitely a hidden gem in the Game Boy catalog. It's super, super fun. There's a little, like I said, a little bit of uh, RPG elements, a little bit of uh, combat elements, and yeah, you'll 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 see what I mean when it, uh, I say that you get the Zelda vibe from it a little bit. So that was that was uh, really exciting that that title finally got developed and put out there. And uh, like I said, I just really enjoyed that one a lot. And then um, one of the other titles that. I'm not sure how many requests this had, but this is a, a really cool game as well for Game Boy that I enjoyed recently. Was uh, it's called Skate or Die, um, which had a Nintendo counterpart as well. But the Game Boy version of it is really interesting. It's like a um, platformer, a little bit. It's got platforming elements to it, and um, it's a brutal. I think one of the reviews I read for it. it uh, back in the day, it was like, yeah, this is a a brutal um, exercise in memorization, but that was a really fun one as well. It's got really good music. There's even boss fights. You're fighting bosses on a skateboard, so also a pretty cool one. So shoutouts to to Mini BT on uh, putting that out there. That's a, a childhood favorite of mine as well. So. On the topic of uh, cursed sets, when you said that about James Bond, it just got me thinking about uh, another set which just came out recently, which is uh, Bowser's Inside Story on DS, the third Mario and Luigi RPG. So the set is by Blue Yoshi, and this has been one of the most requested games on the site for a really long time now, so I feel like we got to talk about it. Uh, personally, I love the Mario and Luigi RPG series, and I think this may be the best one. If not the best one, then definitely one of the best. It's so good. And for the longest time, you know, we've known there's demand for this game, but no one has been able to figure out how to make a set for it. Because, so throughout the game, uh, there are a few required mini-games, right? And these mini-games use different features of the DS, like the touchscreen and, you know, all the little things that make the DS unique. Unfortunately, that includes the microphone. And the microphone emulation in both uh, both of the... So there are two different DS uh, cores that uh, have retro achievement support. And they both handle microphone emulation in slightly different ways. But unfortunately, neither of them are effective enough to 
get you through the in the um get you through these mini games they kind of just they blow generic sound if that makes sense rather than letting you actually speak into your microphone like you would actually speak into a ds microphone so the longest time there's been this dilemma of on one hand it's one of the most requested ds sets or really one of the most requested sets on the site but on the other hand how the heck can we make a set if you can't beat the game <laughs> so uh, Blue Yoshi comes along and comes up with this ingenious solution. I, I was at the point where I wasn't sure if we'd ever see a set for this game, and I'm so happy to see it finally on the site. It is a little bit complicated, I guess. I haven't played it yet, but my understanding is you end up needing to, uh, at certain checkpoints in the game, you need to move your save over to a separate, standalone, non-RA emulator, advance past that part, and then jump back to your usual you know, RetroArc or RA Lib Retro or whatever you use. And, you know, it's it's a little jank, but I feel like it's worth it to experience, you know, such an amazing game. Like, this game is so requested for a reason, and I am so excited to play it. But, yeah, I could kind of feel what you were saying about how, like, it seems like the core set log is on fire lately. I keep seeing... A lot of my games that have been on my wish list or my uh what's it called? Not wish list. I'm trying to think of the name for it. My requested sets. Yeah, yeah, the request yeah. list. Yeah. A lot of the games the that have been on my request list, list for a long time now, they're starting to get sets. And now I'm in the situation where it's like, oh shoot, I wanna play this so badly, yet I have all these other little goals I'm working on right now. How am I gonna fit this in here? Another one that just got a set recently was uh Dragon Quest uh nine on ds which is fantastic fantastic game love that game so much but you know i'm sitting here thinking man i can't jump into another massive rpg like that right now there's no way i've got way too much stuff i'm juggling so it's i don't know i guess that's the downside of spreading yourself too thin is there's only so much time in the day and you kind of have to choose which goals which games do i want to prioritize that's been kind of difficult at times. I, I will say, though, man, everything you're saying about that James Bond game, that sounds right up my alley. I don't know how soon I'll be able to get to it, but that's definitely something I think i got to check out at some point. It's I've never heard of it outside of talking to you. Maybe it's a hidden gem. Maybe I'm just out of the loop. But I think i got to check it out. I think i got to check it out. I'm always down for anything in the realm of Zelda. I, I'm, I'm in, dude. I'm in. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's definitely a lesser known title for sure, but I mean, it, it was the number one most requested Game Boy title for a long time, and um, so that that prophecy has been fulfilled. Uh, <laughs> um, it, the title's finally out, and people can enjoy it. And you know, I know you like your badges, so it's not too long of a set, Bendy. So hopefully, you do. Uh, do check that one out as well and you know to your point and what you were saying just um yeah corset log is on fire and um i've always said this you know is just that it's not it's kind of a good problem it's not a bad problem to have right to have all these titles coming out and all these different um things to check out and i think you know i don't want to harp on it too much and go over it and over it and rehash it but I think my main problem with enjoying the site lately has just been I'm too set on this like uh, 
you know, I have to f- finish whatever I start. And so I feel a little bit trapped in that sense. And um, like I said, I used to play three titles at a time, typically one on stream, two off. And now I'm kind of a two title person just because I feel like that's about as thin as I can stretch myself before it just becomes too much. Um, and I am still focused on kind of trying to hit that 90% completion average completion, which I'm at like 87 and a quarter. So I'm not too far off from that, but I can't hit it if I just keep starting new things. So that's kind of a delicate balancing act that I'm working in between right now. But I mean, this conversation, um, I'm not, I'm not even joking. It's kind of made me think maybe I need to, maybe I need to not be so hard on myself and maybe just kind of like, you know what I mean? Just kind of enjoy things and, uh, you know, break away from that, that King of Fighters goal every once in a while. That's a, that's a, a, that's a big mountain to climb. You know, it's, I'm surprised I could even master one King of Fighters title, let alone three of them. So, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. No one mastered King of Nine, King of Fighters ninety four through two thousand two in a day either, uh, as far as I know. <laughs> so, um, I think it's just something where maybe I need to kind of peel things back a little bit or dial things back a bit and start checking out some of these things because I mean I'm just I I'm literally looking through core set log as we're talking and I mean there's just so much stuff that um, looks awesome. I mean, even the Magnavox Odyssey uh, system is getting a little bit expanded. There was one title for it for a long time. Now there's like three. You know, there's uh, a lot of fighting games that have come out that I really want to check out that probably aren't as uh, unforgiving as King of Fighters. So that's maybe an avenue that I could start taking a look at. There's been, you know, some more Zelda hacks that have come out. I'm a big fan of the the uh zelda 64 any of the ocarina you know the ocarina time any of those type of hacks are really really fun um i think there's been also some game boy stuff that i've ended up missing just because you know when there's this much stuff coming out it's it's uh almost it's almost inevitable that some stuff is going to slip through the cracks right so there's just been so much stuff coming out that it's really just been uh, difficult to, oh, it looks like there's a, I didn't even know it, but there's a Street Fighter Alpha 3 revision. I never even played the original for Advance, so that's something I need to check out. Just all this stuff, man, is like crazy to me. And, you know, I do check, um, I do check Corset Log at least once a day, even being as busy as I am and, um, it's just been tough to to keep up. Makes me kind of a little bit bummed. Not not um, not bummed on you know retro achievements. Just bummed that it's so tough to keep up with all this stuff that's happening. But like I said, you know maybe there's nothing to really be bummed out about. I mean it's kind of a good problem to have that there's just an ever growing catalog of things and activities and events to do. You know from Step Brothers, so many activities. <laughs> so, so <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's just uh, there's a lot to do, and um, I don't know. I mean, is there anything on the horizon for you as far as? Um, sorry if you answered this earlier, I didn't catch it, but I mean, is there anything on the horizon for you as far as kind of set releases that have come out that you're interested in that you, you know, you haven't got, you just haven't gotten around to because you're so busy, or is there anything like that that's out there for you? 
Oh, there, there's so many, right? I So basically what I've gotten into the habit of doing is I've realized that I'm not going to be able to keep up with all the stuff I'm interested in that's showing up in core set logs. There's just too much good stuff. But uh, I have taken to compiling a list, just like a personal list. When there's something I want to play, I make a note of it, add it to the list. Because I found that if I don't do that, time will pass and I'll just forget about things. Like, for example, you just mentioned uh, all the Zelda hacks that have been coming out recently, and that just jogged my memory. One of the games I've really been wanting to play is uh, the Ocarina of Time bonus set, which, you know, is kind of weird and different for me because... So basically what this set is, is it's all about the glitches of Ocarina of Time, right? All of the crazy little glitches and tricks you could do in that game. And that game has such an active speedrunning community that there's a lot of interesting stuff you could do. For me personally, I've never learned how to do... I, I only know how to do very, very, very few glitches or tricks in that game, most of which I've picked up through playing the randomizer. But uh, I don't know. I want to learn. I'm not necessarily interested in speedrunning because I feel like it's frustrating to have to try to do these frame-perfect tricks with any sort of consistency, right? But right. I like retro achievements because you could pull it off once and it's like, hey, you get an achievement. So even if it's really, really tough, you only have to pull it off once. I had a great feeling of satisfaction playing the uh, Mario 64 bonus set. There's an achievement in there where uh, you had to beat Bowser in the Dark World with zero stars. And, you know, you think you normally need seven stars to get through that door. So you end up having to perform this really elaborate trick. But the thing is, I'm not a speedrunner. I don't have to do it every time I run. I just have to do it once, get the achievement, I'm good. And I think that's one of my strengths, right? No matter how challenging something is, if I'm persistent enough, I could probably get it. Not always, but, you know, if it's something I care about, if it's a game I love, I could probably pull it off. But, yeah, man, it's uh, there, there's too many good games these days. I agree that it's a good problem to have. But I don't know. I think it's it, it's tough setting your priorities we've talked a lot today about goals and stuff and right now i'm enjoying having all these different goals that i'm juggling but you know for another player that might not be their preferred way of doing things i feel like the purpose of goals are at least for me the purpose of these sorts of goals is to motivate me when i don't know what to play or i need that extra push to make games more fun or just a little something extra if you're overloaded with games that you really really want to play then it's like just play the games that you really really want to play you know but i i don't want to tell anyone how to play everyone has their own preferences everyone has their own way of doing things i, I will say though one game that showed up in course set log recently a new release that i did sit down and make some time for <laughs> because it was just such a weird new release that I had to do it, is uh, the Game Boy Advance video series by Spory Tyke. Do, do you know about these? Do you know what this is? I actually, I didn't even see that one. I'm not familiar with that. No, what is that? All right, so back during the Game Boy Advance era, there was a series of cartridges, there were a whole bunch of them, called uh, Game Boy Advance Video. And basically what they are is... Uh, they took all these different cartoons and even a few movies and they put them on Game Boy Advance cartridges of all things. So you could sit there on your Game Boy Advance and watch, you know, SpongeBob or Jimmy Neutron or Shrek or whatever. And, you know, the obvious thing is 
how do you make an achievement set out of that? That's not a game. People just boot it up, fast forward through, get the achievements, and you're done. So Spory Tyke comes up with the... Well, I, I don't know if he's the one who came up with the idea, but he's the one who developed the set. And it's this absolutely ingenious idea. So basically, you watch through the episodes of like Fairly Odd Parents or SpongeBob or whatever it may be. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, it asks you a trivia question. And the way it asks you the trivia question is through a leaderboard pop-up. So like, there's a leaderboard that's like, uh, hey, what happened in this scene? Or what did this character say at this part or something? And then you have multiple choice options that you could choose one of four options. When you choose an option with a direction on the D-pad, it submits the leaderboard and then it either gives you the achievement or not gives you the achievement. And I just, when I heard about this, it blew my mind. This has got to be one of the most creative uses of the RA tools that I've seen. Like, the, the absolute madman, they found a way to turn Game Boy Advance video into an achievement set that actually requires effort. And I just think it's hilarious and amazing. And, you know, it helps that a lot of the cartoons that are on there are things I grew up with. So it's been kind of nice revisiting those. Obviously, it is Game Boy Advance, so the audio and visual quality are pretty crusty. But I don't know. There, there's something weirdly charming about it. It, it. It's just such a weird novelty that I had to check it out. And I would recommend it if, you know, you grew up with these cartoons or you just want to see something weird and different that's possible with the uh, the RA tools that we have to work with. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, man, I am so backlogged. I'm just going through. I didn't even know there was a Final Fight Sega CD version of final fight that came out that's uh <laughs> i need to check that out i'm a big final fight uh fan at least the first one i haven't played the second or the third one so that's pretty crazy but you know you talked a little bit about um the zelda bonus set and i think that would be i would i would struggle with that for sure because i'm not a speedrunner. um i used to like do a my goal back in the day, way before I played RA, uh, or one of the goals and things I did is I really liked watching any percent Ocarina of Time. So I wanted to learn the whole run and not compete for, you know, not compete for the best time, but just be able to finish a whole any percent run. And eventually I did, but doing some of those glitches and things like that can be really challenging and I know for sure for me it took uh, a long time to be able to do that, just to be able to get through that run, especially the Ganondor where you warp from the Deku Tree to Ganon's castle is like very, very difficult to practice. And eventually I got it, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's what that's what bonus sets are, right? Like bonus sets are for those extra challenging achievements and not for the faint of heart that's why they're bonus sets so i think it definitely has its uh its place as a bonus set but uh yeah i'm still just going through core set log as we're talking here i know tower of turmoil got a revision it looks like that was that uh quick little uh nes like platformer game with a few bosses back in the day like just all this stuff man it's crazy and then we haven't even we haven't even talked about um uh, with Tara supervision yet, you know, that's something that comes to mind as well. 
Um, so for people that aren't too familiar with that system, it's kind of like a knockoff Game Boy, so to speak. There's that meme on the, the Discord of um, the Jealous Girlfriend meme of like me looking at the <laughs> at the Watara supervision with the Jealous Girlfriend one being the Game Boy in the background, which just cracks me up. But um, yeah, Watara supervision is a, a system that uh, it's kind of like a knockoff Game Boy. And um, the library, I mean, I'm not sure if it's fully complete. I want to say it's either really close to fully complete or it's fully complete at this point. Because um, Sporytyke was making like a set a day for it. Um, but it's a pretty interesting little system. There's a lot of cool games for it. Um, I think one of the reasons that it didn't succeed is because the Game Boy just ended up having more like versatile titles. It was a little more... I want to say a little bit more powerful, although I don't I don't know the specifics on the breakdown of the actual hardware between the two systems because they seem very similar just based on the graphics and things like that. But the uh, yeah, the Atari Supervision has a lot of fun fun sets on it. There's 58 sets for it right now, and it's I mean it was a brand new system, you know, a little over a month ago. So if you're looking for a new system that's already got a really deep deep library of games that would definitely be a place to check and lots of these titles are really short you know they're really quick titles too um but it's still an interesting system nonetheless i mean i probably mastered like i don't know maybe half a dozen games on it so there's a lot of fun games i will say there is a lot of um a lot of jankiness with the system itself and the games on it. So be, be prepared for that. That's nothing against the devs. That's just how the system is. Like some of the titles just don't run really well on it. Or like the, this, the mechanics of the games are really like crazy and don't line up very well. And there's can be lag and things like that, like input lag, depending on the title. But there are some fun, fun titles on the Watara supervision. And, you know, it's awesome that, in such a short period of time, they were able to develop so many sets for a brand new system. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of the times when we get a new system, it just takes some time for the system catalog to get fleshed out. I think obviously in this case being that, you know, the memory is relatively simple and there aren't that many memory addresses. That's one of the things that probably contributed to the rapid development of the, um, the sets that came out for it, but nonetheless, you know, it's that and Spory doing a set every day (laughs) for it. Like one set per day is pretty crazy, but uh, that's awesome that he, you know, put so much time into it and, and making these sets for it. Cause I think a lot of people have been uh, just enjoying the different sets on it. There's like a lot of shmups I've noticed on the Watara. So if you're a big shmups fan, that might be a good system to check out. Um, And then there's some like knockoff titles, like, you know, there's like Snake, uh, Pang, which is like Buster Brothers. There's like not really many fighting games on it. There's some quite a few puzzle games on it. So overall, it's kind of just a interesting little system. And I think that you, I think because uh, I've been lurking your profile a little bit, Bendy. I know you played a little bit on it as well. I believe at least a few for your badges, right? Yeah, I've played a little bit of Watara. I'd like to play more. I, I feel like I haven't really delved deep into the console fully yet, quite yet. I just kind of knocked out a few that seemed quick and easy. 
But man, I, I find the whole thing hilarious. So you have this console that, first of all, no one's heard of the thing, right? I believe it was originally introduced as a competitor to the Game Boy. I, I say competitor, competitor is really more of a knockoff. I mean, you look at pictures of the thing, it looks like a Game Boy. You got the, the D-pad on the left, the buttons on the right, basically the same button layout. You got the screen up top. It looks just like a Game Boy. It's got the same LCD black and white screen. Uh, screen. Uh, but the fascinating thing about me, the system to me, is it shows up on retro achievements. Everyone's like, huh, Latara Supervision, what's that? And then for some, I don't know why, for some reason, it seems like this is the one system that the whole community came together and they're just like, showed this system so much love. Probably more love from this side of the internet than this system has seen, you know, ever, or at least in decades since it was out. And yeah, it, it only has 60-something games, and nearly all of them have sets by this point. Not quite all of them. I just looked while you were talking earlier. We're up to 58 sets right now, so we're getting really close to a full set. And I, it's fascinating to me, right? We have all of these consoles on RA that are only slightly supported, only really have a few sets. And then this bootleg Game Boy comes out of nowhere, and... Suddenly, all of RA is holding hands in harmony, wanting to support the heck out of this thing. We've seen some really talented developers come forward and really give it their all towards supporting this thing. As you mentioned, Spory Tykes, uh, one set a day for a month was incredible. Uh, just, wow, really incredible. But then, like, so many high-profile devs have made sets on this thing. It's like everyone wanted to get in on the action. I suppose it does help that the games are very simple, the memory is very simple, so it's easy to jump in on the fun. The games are very small. And a lot yeah. of them, you know, they're typically games that you beat in one sitting. They're not the type of games where it's like, okay, I'm going to save and come back to it later. I don't even know if it has a battery save capability. I don't, I don't think I've played any game that uses it, if it does. But uh, I don't yeah. know, it's, it's funny because... I feel like we're all thinking the same thing, right? We're all thinking, okay, yeah, but the games suck, though, right? <laughs> and, like, yeah, they kind of do. I mean, let's let's be real. They kind of suck, right? They kind of do. They kind of do. Like, the, the, I'm not, I have nothing bad to say about, like, uh, you know, obviously the devs that, that develop the sets, but, like, I remember playing the Tetris one and, like, the, the freaking, like, the Tetris, um, in this version of Tetris, like, the block, you can't, like, move the block and turn it at the same time. So it's just, like, <laughs> I remember just, like, dying a few times because I just can't. Oh, it's called it's called Blockbuster. It's by Delmaru. So shout yeah, out yeah, to Delmaru yeah. on making that set. But, like, just, yeah, it was just so, the controls are just so janky. It's just, like, trying to get the 200 or get the, uh, yeah, the 200 lines and like every, you're just like why is it not turning why is it not Dude, turning so. i i played that one too you know what's my yeah. absolute favorite thing about that game what's that <laughs> so i boot up the game i start playing it and i start listening to the music and i think to myself hey wait a minute this sounds familiar where have i heard this before <laughs> did you notice when you played it uh, i think i played without sound so oh you missed out my dude what it what was so, it was this is the funniest thing. I could not believe what I was hearing. The music is, it's straight up the main theme from Super Mario Land. 
Oh like my God. not subtle whatsoever. Yeah. So, so they, they change. First of all, it's a very short loop. It's not the full song, and they change the very end slightly to make it like you know worse. But it's straight up Super Mario Land. It's so recognizable, that's and I just thought awesome. that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> you got the system that's obviously copying the Game Boy. It's copying Tetris because, you know, it was the popular Game Boy game. And then they went that one step further and they copied the Super Mario Land overworld theme. And I was just cracking up. I cannot believe what I was playing. Like, how is this a real thing? This is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, this funny little things like that. But it's Blockbuster, man. It's not Tetris. You're busting blocks, okay? You're yeah, not busting Tetris. you got to bust them all. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, the Watara supervision coming out, needless to say, has been um, kind of an interesting thing. And I know a lot of people have really been enjoying that system quite a bit, um, just playing through the different games on there. I mean, there are, you know, like you said, there are a lot of games that are just bad on there, but it's still cool to kind of see what they tried to do, right? To see. Um, what their ideas were. And, you know, we talked a little bit about um, kind of just circling back here. We talked a little bit about system masters and um, you mentioned that you're close on game boy. And I was just kind of looking at my list of things I did here as well. And for Saturn uh, I'm number two at the moment, but I'm only a few off from being number one. Uh, so that's something else that's kind of possibly on my horizon for the future. And I think one of the reasons I ended up getting number two for it is because a, a bunch of fighting games came out from, uh, blah, blah, blah. So shout outs to him on, uh, making a lot of interesting fighting games that came out. There was like golden ax, the duel, um, last Bronx, there was rabbit. There's just, he made a lot of different fighting games. So I ended up getting really into the Saturn in the last few months. That's something that I forgot to mention that was part of, uh, part of my journey here. The last few months it's been, it's crazy. Cause there's just like all these, uh, things that this conversation is kind of stirring in my memory as far as what I ended up, you know, what I ended up doing. Cause it's been, it's been almost two months, guys. We got a lot to talk about. We've, uh, you know, there's been a lot going on and uh, it's hard to kind of have an organized thought process about it, but, you know, just uh, might might uh, end up going for that Saturn, Saturn number one spot if I can figure out some other titles to play on it. Because Saturn doesn't have that many titles to begin with, so I would have to get I'd have to probably get a little bit outside of my comfort zone to to snag that number one system master for that. Because I think pretty much all the titles I have played on the Saturn are just like fighting games. I guess there was... Uh, let's see. I don't know. There's, uh, there's pretty much all fight. There's some Mega Mans that are on Saturn. So that could possibly be something interesting as well as to try Mega Man for Saturn. Cause that's a, yeah, that system ca uh, library has been expanded a little bit as part of uh, just all the things that have been going on with the site. So that's something that, you know, maybe I'll look into here down the road. I always was a big, uh, you know, honestly, I haven't mastered that many Mega Man sets and that's one of my favorite series growing up as a kid. I've mastered like three out of the five for Game Boy 
Um, and then I mastered some of the power fight or mastered like one of the power fighters sets for arcade for Mega Man, I think, which is a really interesting little like spinoff series, but I haven't really mastered a lot of Mega Man games and I kind of want to get more into them. You know, those are from what I know, some of the more challenging sets on the site, you've got damage lists aplenty. I mean, you've got all kinds of, you know, upgrade list playthroughs and things like that. But Mega Man is a, is a series that, you know, it's a awesome series and there's a lot of developers that make a lot of games for that. You've got like, uh, I think like Alex Gato is make, makes like a lot of the different Mega Man hacks and different Mega Man titles. I know that's like one of his, uh, his, uh, big things. So you see a lot of those type of sets coming out lately for just different, um, Mega Man titles and like hacks that are coming out. So maybe that's an avenue that I need to kind of start exploring as well. Cause you know, I've, I've talked about this before, but I've been on this big fighting game kick, but, uh, it might be time to start branching out again and give myself a break and just mix it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Just kind of keep things interesting. Cause I think that's what, I think that's what keeps people like you and me and a lot of other people who probably listen to this podcast coming back to the site, right? Just being able to do so many different things and variety is the spice of life. So you know, when you're bored of a certain genre, in my case, maybe fighting games, I need to just give it a bit of a break and kind of check out some of these other other genres because I think maybe that'll kind of re-spark my interest. You know, I'll never lose interest in retro achievements just because it's I, I can't get into modern games. And um, it's just tough for me. I don't own modern consoles. Um, I don't, I just can't get into them, but... I think if maybe I take a, a little bit of a break from fighting games, I'll get a renewed spark to be able to um, not feel... I just feel, you know, I don't want to sound like negative and stuff, but I just feel a little bit stuck right now with King of Fighters because I've committed... I feel like I overcommitted to it a bit. And, you know, I'm one of those people that... Um, it's really hard to put something down for me. Like you ever be on the last achievement on a set and you really should go to bed, but you don't. Oh yeah. Like, you know what, you know I what know I mean? That. Like, I know that feel for sure. <laughs> like, I don't want to go on and on about it, but, um, unfortunately because I am no longer work from home, um, it's a little bit easier for me to make that excuse for myself and put something down. But, um, you know, I'm at 87 and a quarter for completion percentage. If I don't master King of Fighters 97, I'm pretty sure the sun will still rise in the morning and will still set in the evening. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Yeah, for sure, dude. I need to give myself a break. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on and on, but... No, nah, you're good. I mean, about, so. honestly... I would probably recommend to try not to stress too much about the average completion percentage. I feel like we're kind of going in opposite directions right now where you're trying to build yours up. Whereas I've been kind of letting mine fall because I was, I was at, I was above that 90% for a long time. Right. That was something right, I was really, right. I, I was really proud of and I'd like to try to maintain. And lately it's just been kind of dropping and dropping. Cause think about it with something like the unwanted, I'm starting all these new games. 
some of these games are way too hard or I'm just not interested enough in them to master them, but I still want to do the beat the game to get like the bronze token or whatever. A lot of these events that I'm doing, they're not necessarily masteries, but I'm playing or experiencing certain games. And it's been difficult for me to tell myself that's okay, right? To just sit there and tell myself it's okay to start a new game and not master it because <laughs> that yeah, goes so against sure. my entire way of thinking. But honestly, I feel like I'm happier for it. I feel like I'm just having a good time playing a wider variety of games. Um, another thing I was thinking about, I was thinking about what you were saying about Mega Man. And honestly, I feel like we have a lot in common there. So I, I'm like you in that I really love the Mega Man series. I think they're great games. But I feel like people wouldn't guess that about me looking at my RA profile because I've really not played that much Mega Man on RA and I've mastered even fewer Mega Man games on RA. I think for me, it ultimately comes down to I get really intimidated by those sets. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, when I play Mega Man, I'm not doing Buster only. I'm not doing damageless bosses. I'm doing a chill playthrough to beat the game and then I beat the game. So it's, it's such a different way of playing the game that I get intimidated, and I think I like psych myself out of it before I even try. But I don't know. I, see, here's what I'm thinking. I definitely want to me master Mega Man 2 and Mega Man X at some point, because I think both those sets have some pretty challenging achievements in there. But I really love both of those games, and I truly believe I can do it. Like, I don't think any of those achievements, even the absolute hardest ones, I think I'll have to practice a lot for them, but I don't think they're going to be too much for me. I know I could do it with enough persistence. So I don't know that I'm going to sit here and master every Mega Man, but at least those two I really want to get at some point. And then another thing I was thinking is uh, when I get back on Leapfrog, I might be doing a lot of Mega Man then. Because one thing that's nice about Mega Man, uh, especially the classic series, is you kind of know what you're going to get, right? The games have a very clear format. They're not really going to drop surprises at you. There's going to be the Robot Masters. There's going to be eight of them. Uh, there's going to be the Wily stages. You know, it's, it, it's a very clear format. And I think that would be good for Leapfrog, because those are pretty much all at least five-pointers. So you could just, you know, run through a stage, get an achievement or two, maybe do a damage or here or there. It's nice to be able to play something and not be going into it with the mindset of, okay, I don't know how many achievements I'll get this session. Like, if I play for an hour, an hour and a half, I don't know how many achievements I could get. And I, I think having something that's, like, guaranteed, something that's known, is going to be really good for me, especially in those uh, later stages of Leapfrog. But at the same time, like, I don't want to plan out way in advance. This is what I'm going to play on this day. This is what I'm going to play. Like, I, I enjoy that flexibility. And I feel like, you know, getting back to what we were talking about, I, I get the idea that you're kind of, you felt like you're kind of putting yourself in a corner with the King of Fighters thing. And I don't know. I just feel like there's so many games on RA. What's the point of boxing yourself in a corner unless it's a corner that you really love, you know? Yeah. For sure. Like, if you're going to focus on one thing, you should really, really, really love that thing. Otherwise, just, you know, experience in a variety. Live a little. I don't know. That's my hot take. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I think that you make a really good point. I think, I mean, at this point with what I have left in King of Fighters, I'm like 80 out of 112. So as far as percentage-wise, I'm pretty good there. I just really wanted to, you know, have this goal and 
I think I attacked it a little too hard um, rather than did it slow and steady wins the race. Cause you know, I had, I had pretty good success. I mean, I mastered like 95 and 96 within a week or two of one another. And, you know, just with this 97, it's been, you know, like you said, I think I just need to kind of not box myself into one corner too much and get in that mentality. And like, I know now, uh, with a lot of the things that are coming through on game boy, I mean, based on this conversation, you know, I, I did, I did start, uh, like revenge of the Gator yesterday. Cause that got a revision. So the set is much more complete MGN SAM has been putting a lot of time into uh, Project Game Boy, which is awesome because that guy does a lot of awesome sets. And it's exciting, you know, it's exciting for me to see somebody that talented putting in uh, so much time into Project Game Boy because that's, you know, that's obviously, that's my stuff. And, um, you know, I, I am one away from getting 100 Game Boy Masteries, so... I know there's probably at least a title or two for Game Boy I should probably be doing to hit that hit that hundred marker to kind of celebrate instead of just kind of sitting around and trying to, you know, poke through the last of King of Fighters. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, like you said, we get pulled in so many different directions and we kind of just try and figure out what works for us and how we're enjoying the site. But if you feel... You know, if you ever feel like you're just not having fun because you're too set on a goal and you're just kind of chasing it down and you're starting to lose sight of, I think if you're losing sight of having fun, if you know, it's, it's really easy to kind of be in that mindset where I don't know how to describe it. It's hard to describe. Like, uh, I'm sure you've been there yourself, but it's just like you have a goal and you're chasing it and then. I, I, could, I could take you know a I mean? crack at trying to describe it. I think I yeah, know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I've gotten in that zone before. I like to think of it as like a one-track mind kind of thing, right? Like, well, it starts out, I have some goal, and in the beginning, I'm really passionate about it, and I really want this goal. And then over time, it gets to the point where I care about the goal less and less, and I'm having less and less fun pursuing the goal, Yet I feel like I have to continue because I've come so far. And I, yeah, I think those are the moments where I just need to, you know, stop and think to myself, bro, what are you doing? It's video games. You're playing these for fun to pass the time. It's not that serious. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. like it's, it's like, it's really not that serious, man. Yeah. You know, and as, I mean, I just like did a paint a paint uh graph in my mind like <laughs> a visual of like as as goal as you get closer to goal and f like fun goes down goal uh closest to goal goes up and then you just feel like you're you know you feel like you're halfway across the swimming pool and if you put all the effort in if you put as much effort into getting halfway there as you did then instead of you know thinking about swimming back then you'd you'd make it all the way there but it's just like at the same time it's just like Ugh, like you gotta have fun with it and you, if you're not doing that then we're you know it's not that serious man like we're playing video games we're you know we're fortunate we're lucky that we get to do that and get to pretty much do whatever we want in some regards i mean I have to go to work still every day but you know 
life's pretty okay. Like, uh, it's, it's not a big deal. So maybe I need to, uh, no, this conver like I said, this conversation has been pretty refreshing because you and I, uh, just to be super transparent, we don't get to talk as much anymore outside of the podcast. And right, so right. this has been a very, uh, a good way for us to catch up in a sense. Right. Cause you and I, I mean, uh, you know, I've been busy with just moving and new job and things like that. I know you've been busy with everything that you've got going on, but yeah, man. I mean, we don't, we don't get to hang out as much anymore. We're, we're getting old. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I hate to look at life that I'm getting old, but it's true. Dude. I know it's yeah. true. It sneaks up on you. I, really I feel like it's kind of like to get meta for a second here. I feel like it's kind of messed up to look at it this way, but maybe it's a good thing that now we're able to catch up on air. Right. Because it's like, Oh, this yeah. gives us so much material. This is perfect. <laughs> I know it's like it's it's golden, man. It's like exactly, just, dude. just two friends content. hanging out, having a yeah. conversation. But um, no, I miss I miss when we, you know, uh, I mean, to our listeners, I uh, you know, I apologize again to you guys because we just haven't been able to get together and um, really get to talk. And when we do talk, it's uh, at least for us as we're recording it, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like magic to us in a sense. I mean, maybe Bendy would describe it differently, but it's a little bit like magic that we just get to hang out as friends. And we met, you know, it's, I mean, it's been almost, it's been over a year actually at this point. Cause I think I met you and Draco. Oh man, you're right. Now that I think about it. Wow. And actually, I didn't you know, get you an anniversary cake. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Where's my anniversary badge, uh, anniversary badge cake. Um, no, what was I gonna say? Oh, I lost my train of thought. Dang it, Bendy! No, I'm just, <laughs> I. Uh, uh, oh, what I was gonna say is, um, you know, the podcast. The podcast is almost, I think, a year old at this point. Wow! If I'm not mistaken, um, let's see. So we had our first episode eleven months ago. We released it on June twenty eighth. So. In a couple of weeks, you know, it'll be the podcast will be a year old. So maybe we'll, uh, you know, maybe next episode, not to spoil it or anything, but maybe we'll talk about kind of uh, the course of kind of how the podcast uh, has gone over the over the last year. I mean, a uh, few less episodes than I'm sure both myself and the crew here would have liked. But, you know, we put out almost 25 episodes at this point and um I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big deal. I don't want to toot our, our own horn too much, but you know, it's been awesome to get all the feedback from people and to, um, I've had so many amazing guests on the show, you know, people that have been super awesome. I mean, we've had, we've had a lot of guests on at this point, so it's been really nice that we've been able to, you know, get together so many different times and talk about so much stuff that's related to retro achievements and uh sometimes we go a little bit off the rails like we're doing now <laughs> but i think it's good just to just to kind of think about you know where we came from to get to this point dude you're uh, gonna make me all sentimental at this point oh, <laughs> man well you know that's it is what it is i mean we uh we come a long way so i think it's yeah been, for uh, sure for it's sure. been an awesome journey and uh you know, there's no plans on on winding things down, you guys. So I just want to kind of clarify that out there for our listeners that 
Um, we're just doing the best we can, you know, we're trying to get back into the swing of things. And, uh, you know, I've had at least a, f- a few people ask me, you know, Hey, when's the, ne- when's the next podcast episode? And, uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into how the sausage is made, but we're just busy. You know, we got a lot of things going on with real life situations as most folks do at some point. Um, sure would be nice to just kind of sit around and play our RAL day, but, <laughs> um, I'm not able to do that as much as anymore as I'd like, but I have not lost any of my interest in the site or what it has to offer. I'll just say that out there for people that have been wondering, you know, where are they? What's going on? Is, are they dead? What are they, you know, are they uh, shutting down the podcast? That's not, not the case. We're just, uh, we're just, you know, we're trying to get back into the swing of things and, a lot of stuff came up and I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse anymore, but I was just kind of going on a bit of a tangent, but just want to reassure people that that's, that's not the case. And we uh, apologize again for not putting anything out there for you guys. Cause we have a lot of people that really like this, really like to hear us uh, go on and on like this. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Dude. Yeah. And uh, honestly, just to get behind the scenes a tiny bit, just a tiny little bit, uh, you know, we, we've had lots of conversations about the future of the podcast, and I, I think we're in a good zone right now. I'm optimistic about the future. We're always experimenting, trying new things. You know, there might be more format changes. There might be some different stuff, but I don't know. I, I think we're in a good spot right now. I don't feel like we're going to have another hiatus of this length. And if we do, I think, you know, we'll probably communicate a little better. But yeah, I feel like we're in a good spot right now. Uh, It's a blast doing this with you and with Draco and King Sizzle, of course, as well. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you have any other final thoughts you wanted to fit into this episode? I know that uh, it's tough. There's so much that's happened in the past couple months. I'm sure the moment you hit stop recording, it's going to be like, oh, we didn't get to this. So uh, last call, I guess. Anything you want to sneak in there? Yeah, good. No, um... Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as, you know, everything that we've talked about, um, there's just been so much that, you know, there probably will be something that I forgot. I guess, oh, one one uh, final thing I thought I had um, was the playtest team um, for me has been an awesome experience. I didn't even get to talk about that. Uh, I completely forgot because we've just been having such a good time. I lost track of it. So, um yeah, there's a, a playtest team where uh, devs can submit their sets to be playtested. And essentially what that means is, uh, you know, you just you go through a set that somebody's made when it's an unofficial. And you get to test it out, test it for bugs, false triggering achievements or achievements that don't trigger. And um, it kind of is a, a layer of quality control. Because if you've been around on the site long enough, you know, you've, uh, chances are, if you've been around long enough, you encounter a set that uh, either has a achievement that doesn't trigger or, you know, you boot up the game and an achievement triggers randomly or something like that. So um, as far as that's concerned, there is now a team called the playtest team and their job is to kind of, uh, you know, do a little bit of quality control with newer devs and even... Even if you're a dev that uh, has been devving a while and you're confident in your skills, you know, sometimes devs like to submit uh, those to playtest. And there's even a badge that you can earn for, you know, playtesting a certain number of sets, finding a certain number of issues and, um, you know, correctly triggering a certain number of achievements. So there's a little little, little incentive there. Um, 
and that's kind of one of the awesome things about uh, the dev quest badge, which is uh, for devs uh, essentially kind of the equivalent of that, uh, where you can earn a badge for doing work contributing to the website, the quality of the sets and um, things like that. So I think that um, playtest, you know, I've been a part of it for a little bit. I playtested a few sets. Um, people that know me a little bit, a little bit know that my previous job was in, in, in game testing. So it's kind of right up my alley as far as something I felt like I would enjoy and be good at. And, um, yeah, no, I've, uh, I've been enjoying doing a little bit of play testing in these last few months. Um, haven't been able to do as much as I would like to do because of, uh, just, you know, being, being busy overall, but, uh, yeah, with playtests, it's a growing team on the site. You know, there's a writing team now that's going through and correcting a lot of uh, grammatical errors on achievements or spelling mistakes. And I am very nitpicky when it comes to spelling and things like that. So maybe that's something I should look into joining. But overall, you know, just all these little micro uh, micro communities and things like that, uh, you know, they overall make a lot of large strides for the site. So it's pretty awesome to be part of such a great community and uh, hopefully playtest continues to grow. You know, when it started out, there were just a few playtesters and now there's at least, I think I want to say half a dozen playtesters, a little bit more than that. So if that's something you're interested in checking out, I believe um, I don't want to misspeak, but I think Snowpin is in charge of that. So if you hit him up on the discord and uh, talk to him a little bit, he can probably get you plugged in the right direction for doing a little bit of playtesting. And that was the commercial for playtesting. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, playtesting is awesome. So definitely check that out if that uh, sounds like something that you'd be interested in. Um, did you have anything else, Bendy? Or yeah, I, I just think you know, I, I, shout out to you and the rest of the playtesters. You guys are really doing important work for RA, and I think that's something we haven't really uh, we haven't really dived into too deeply on the podcast is all of these different little groups, these different little branches that really contribute to RA in their interesting ways. And a lot of recent additions we've had are addition to the playtesters. Yeah, there's the new uh, writing requests. And in general, just a real push towards site cleanup. I feel like we're really pushing toward the point where RA is becoming a more and more polished experience. Uh, a lot of those old sets that are in bad shape have gotten revisions or are continuing to get revisions. We got the writing writing requests polishing up the language of the achievements. Soon, soon hopefully, we'll have V2 really polishing up the site as a whole. Uh, we have the whole hub system and whatever the future of that may be. I just feel like we're on the cusp of RA becoming something really, really polished, really respectable, really on a whole other level. And I just wanted to give a shout out to all the different people who make that possible, right? Obviously, we can't sit here and list every single person because there's so many different people. But uh, uh, the QA team, in addition, that's been another great team that's doing a lot of lot of work behind the scenes. And I guess it's just as an average player, you might not notice a lot of this, right? It's a lot of little things that really add up. And I don't know. Yeah. I just I just wanted to take a moment to say. You people, you know who you are. We appreciate you. I don't know how often you get to hear that, but we appreciate you. You're making the site and the community a better place. And that's that's all I've got, man. Okay. Well, that's uh, 
No, that's very well put. And uh, like Bendy said, you know, there's a lot of people. There's just so many. I mean, there's too many to list, really. But there's people on the QA team, the writing team, all these different teams. And, you know, from an outside perspective, a lot of the time it's <clears throat> if you're not relatively active on Discord, if you're just somebody who listens to the podcast or if you're uh, not on the site as much, you know, you don't really get to um, – get to see a lot of this stuff in action. So I'm, I'm glad that we got to talk about that and kind of highlight a lot, a lot of people's efforts um, are contributing towards. Cause yeah, overall the site is, uh, you know, ever changing and uh, having some teams set up to kind of uh, focus and specialize in different areas in order to ultimately improve the quality of the site, I think is nothing but, but good for the site. And uh, there's just a lot going on behind the scenes that, you know, is uh really positive so on that note um it's been good talking with you man that pretty much wraps things up for today's episode of the ra podcast so for our listeners out there just be sure to like the video and hit that bell so that you guys don't miss an episode thank you guys so much for listening i really hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you guys again soon and uh you know i'm a guy that repeats myself a lot i get it but um I really appreciate you guys being patient with the podcast and, uh, you know, just bearing with us while we kind of uh, reorganize and get things figured out. And uh, hopefully we will uh, not take two months <laughs> to put out another episode, but uh, uh, really glad that, uh, you know, we got to talk Bendy and uh, that'll be it for today's episode. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you on the next episode of the RA podcast. Thank you.